you know, his first album was released in a way not unlike they they describe in this play. And I think that that says a lot mm. of why it rings so true to, you know, a struggling singer-songwriter in Belfast. Just I'm like, I feel you, you know, I get this. This is hard yeah. sometimes. <laughs> Everyone and welcome back to No Script, an unscripted conversation about theater's best scripts. I am Jackson Nikolai, and right about now is when my co-host Jacob Christians, Jacob Man Christensen, would come on and say, "And I'm Jacob Man Christensen." Uh, that is not happening today because today is our special guest episode. We're giving Jacob just a little bit of a break, and we're going to be jumping into a conversation with our special guest here, who I am going to introduce now. Today, we are being joined by Maria Booth, hailing all the way from Northern Ireland. Hello, Maria. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being willing to come on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of introduction to Maria Booth. Uh, though her last name is Booth, she is also my sister. Um, she is, uh, yeah, she's uh, my sister growing up together, all that business. She's a singer-songwriter. She, we did a lot of theater together growing up, so I'm excited to get to have Maria on the show. Um Maria, can you just like give us just a little bit of an introduction to you and to uh, some of uh, why, why, for instance, you're uh, calling in from Belfast and and your singer songwriterliness? Yes, absolutely. Um, also, I apologize if you hear rain in the background because, as uh, you know, the stereotype is it's usually raining here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, I came uh, to Northern Ireland probably about four or five years ago now. Gosh, it might be more than that, but. Um, and I was working here for a short time, and then uh, along that journey, I met my husband, who is from Northern Ireland. And so, uh, yes, made the big move back over here in 2019. So this is now my home, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, super excited to be joining my brother again on the podcast. So thank you very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We so uh, Maria and I have worked on uh, in a in a bunch of different bands together. We've played music together. We've also worked on a lot of theater together. We did stage choreography on a show together, and uh, that so, was so much uh, fun. She's, <laughs> it, was, it was super fun. So uh, she has she has her own uh, kind of bag of tricks as far as theater and music is concerned, which is going to serve us well in our conversation today because we are jumping into a discussion on the musical one. Yes, Once the Musical with the book by Enda Walsh and the music and lyrics by Glenn Hanchard and Marketa Erglova. Uh, this is a play that uh, came out a couple years ago uh, based on a movie a couple years ago before that. So I'm excited to get to talk about it and specifically get to talk about it with you, Maria, and have your perspective as a singer songwriter in Northern Ireland to add to that conversation. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to talk about a play that is so driven by by music and by music written by someone who was from Dublin. So yeah, very excited. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna gonna be a good time. Before we get going, of course, I do want to take just a second and thank all of our patrons over on Patreon.com/slash NoScriptPodcast. 
if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that we love getting to have these conversations. We can constantly say it's a labor of love for us to get to talk to uh, each other, to with between Jacob and I, and then with our special guests, and all of you out there in podcast land about some of theater's best scripts. Unfortunately, the endeavor is not a free endeavor. There are some uh, costs associated with hosting a podcast with uh, scripts, scripts purchased and uh, hosting fees and the variety of uh, time being put into the podcast as well. So if you're a longtime listener of the show, or if you're just loving what you're hearing and you're looking for a way to help out the podcast, patreon.com slash no script podcast is a great way to do that. When you head over there, you're going to find a number of different tiers of membership. The lowest tier is just $1. And at that $1 amount over, you know, $12 over the course of a year, uh, you're, you're helping out the podcast quite a bit. And Jacob often likes to say, we, we hope we're giving you at least $12 of of, uh, of worth out of the podcast over the course of a year. So uh, if you're looking for a way to help us out, that's a great way to do it. Head on over to patreon.com slash no script podcast, and we will see you over there. Now, back to the script. Back to Here the script. <laughs> back to the script. This is, this is always the marathon whenever we do a guest episode. It's Jacob or I doing just all the things all at once. So we're jumping into it. We're going to jump into the context here real quick just to give you a short bit of context for this play. And the play is based on the 2007 film by the same name, Once. Um, and that film was uh, conceived uh, by Glenn Hanchard and Marquita Erglova, Marquette Erglova, excuse me. And uh, it was an Academy Award winning show for uh, Falling Slowly was the song that won the Academy Award for Best Song that year. Highly acclaimed movie. Lots of people's favorite. Uh, great, great, great show. Then uh, a couple years later, it, it kind of uh, lived on as a film for a while. But then in 2011, it premiered at the American Repertory Theater in its play form. And that's the version that Enda Walsh wrote the book for. Uh, kind of a fun process. Uh, it kind of came together pretty quickly in uh, uh, like a church basement was a lot of their rehearsal process for the show. And uh, that show ran uh, from 2011 to 2012 off Broadway and then on Broadway from 2012 to 2015. Uh, it has since had a number of uh, productions around the world, uh, including in Dublin and and then, of course, the, the West End as well had, had part of the tour there. As recently as last year, it was on a UK tour in June of 2019. Unfortunately, a lot of those productions wound up uh, being canceled as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020. So and, and actually, Maria, just to jump in there, you, you were almost going to go to one of those shows, right? I was. <laughs> I was I was so excited to be able to see it live because um, I have like I've watched the movie and I, I follow Glenn Hanshard, uh, who was one of the people who did all the music. And we've been to many of his uh, concerts around Northern Ireland and Ireland. And I was so excited to see it. And yes, alas, COVID. <laughs> uh, alas. Yeah. Well, hopefully when it comes comes back, uh, you're, you're able to see it. And I hope any of you out there who... Uh, have the chance to see this show if it's nearby you I highly recommend getting to see it I got to see this show in the West End in London and it's 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 different than any other musical I've ever been to it's just a really cool experience we'll get into some of why I think it's so cool once we actually get into the conversation itself but but go see the show if you have a chance to go see the show um 
The uh, it's a, it's also a highly awarded show. Uh, it got best musical in 2012, the Tony Award for best musical, best book of a musical, best actor in a musical, best direction of a musical, best orchestrations, all sorts of bests. Um, it's it's a high <laughs> highly acclaimed show, um, and uh, continues, and I'm sure will continue to be played in both regional houses and in uh, the kind of big houses on on Broadway and West End tours around the globe. So, uh, context out of the way, I'm going to give you just a short synopsis of the script before we get to dive into the content of the, the play itself and some of the cool themes and characters. The play is uh, centered around two characters, Guy and Girl. Um, and, and that's not the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the male name guy, it's G U Y he's a guy and a girl kind of a, uh, uh, every man and every woman character of a sort. Um, the, the play, uh, begins with, uh, the guy standing on the street, he's playing his guitar, he sings one last song and, uh, kind of disappointed that no one's listening. He lays down his guitar on the ground and begins to walk away. And uh, a voice from off stage is heard. The uh, the girl uh, kind of stops him and says, "Hey, why are you stop singing? Why aren't you playing your guitar?" And they kind of have this back and forth. She learns that the the guy is kind of giving up on music. He's he's not really having a great time of it. He's going through some hard stuff, which we find out through the course of the play. Um, and uh, she picks up his guitar and uh, doesn't let him leave right away. She has a, a vacuum cleaner with her, which is uh, just a great entrance. Um, and uh, turns <laughs> turns out he's uh, he's a vacuum repairman, a Hoover repairman. Um, and uh, so she asks him to to repair her vacuum or her Hoover for her, and uh, in exchange she will pay him with music. So uh, he he manages to agree to it basically by the fact that uh, the girl is a very convincing person. Um, she she uh, yeah she's she's um, very persuasive and and uh, gets him to kind of make this trade with her. Um, I, I also I, I neglected to kind of give us the setting of this play. It's in a post two thousand Dublin. Um, so, so somewhere in the post 2000s, I think the play mostly holds up pretty well. Um, uh, it's not really, I, I think it kind of is uh, set in the present. We often like to kind of quibble on this podcast about plays that are set in the present because almost always there will be a time when the present doesn't seem so present um, as the events of the play. But this one holds up pretty well, kind of present day Dublin. Um, the guy is Irish, um, but the, the girl is Czech. Um, you can tell right away she has a bit of an accent, and she admits to being Czech early on in the uh, in the play. And uh, so, so they they go off together to uh, this music store. They get to know each other. They play some tunes together. She begins to hear some more of his music that he reveals to her. Um, they go over to his place. He fixes her Hoover. He, uh, they, they have a moment in in his bedroom where he's kind of sharing this music with her, and he uh, kind of comes onto her a little bit, and she rebuffs him, and they kind of go their separate ways. The next day, they meet again at this music shop. There's also a, a delightful character called Billy who owns the music shop that they interact with a bunch. We'll talk more about Billy later on, um, but uh, they kind of uh, agree to be friends again, and he shares some more of his music with her, which sets off another series of events. She brings him to her house and introduces him to her family, including her young daughter who's there. Um, we, we discover that she's a single mother at, at, the, at the moment in the play, and uh, he shares more of his music with her at, at her place, meets her family, and she encourages him to write a, or, or produce a demo, uh, an album of all of his songs. 
This leads them to need to get money to rent a studio, so they go and talk to a bank manager who, again, uh, the girl's uh, persuasive powers brings him around to uh, being, being uh, willing to invest in the project. And not only that, but he kind of auditions for the project by uh, playing a bit of a tune for them, and while they're not great with his voice, they like his playing, and uh, so they, they bring him along to play guitar and cello for the project. And that's kind of act one. Act two then flows pretty quickly through the uh, practice pro uh, process. There's some uh, kind of conflict within the group. The store owner doesn't like the bank manager. Um, the drummer is uh, some of uh, the girl's friends. Uh, Andre, or, or I'm sorry, Andraj is, I believe, the drummer, and he's he's a heavy metal drummer. So there's some there's some conflict around the rehearsal process that they have to then knit back together with everyone. But eventually they get the album recorded, and um, and this is where the play begins to take a little bit of a turn, and we'll talk about this more as well. But uh, so far, it's been a pretty typical love story, right? Guy meets girl, girl convinces guy to do the thing. They kind of hang out a lot around each other a little bit. There's a bit of back and forth. Um, but uh, towards the end of the recording session, the girl uh, tells the guy that her husband is coming back to town. And that they're going to try to make it work. And and many of the songs that the guy uh, has written are about his former lover, his his girlfriend who has moved away, cheated on him and moved away to New York. So um, the girl is in some ways trying to help him process that and trying to get him to go after his old girlfriend. And uh, that's kind of the way the play ends. The husband begins to come back to, uh, or I'm sorry, the girl's husband comes back to Dublin uh, or is coming back to Dublin. So she says she's going to try to make it work with him. And she encourages the guy to call his old girlfriend and see if uh, he can uh, kind of finish up what is left unfinished for him because it's clear that he's still going through some stuff. The play ends with them uh, going their separate ways. And uh, uh, the gift that the girl gives the guy in encouraging him to produce this uh, demo, he returns in a fashion by buying her a piano, something that she says throughout the play that is, it's much too expensive to buy a piano in Ireland for her. So uh, he gifts her with a play at, or uh, with a piano at the end of the play. And uh, that's kind of where the play ends. <laughs> Well done. That was... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all of all of the events that Jackson has just described happened in what is it? Five days. It's a very yeah. short span of time, and like there's so many events. So well, well done getting it all yeah. in there. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's it's a whirlwind for these characters, right? It's just kind of taken up in this kind of very fast, momentary relationship between the two of them um, that leads to so much growth and and movement for them. Um, so this, as as I mentioned in the in the intro, in some ways, this 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 feels like kind of a typical love story uh, with the you know the two of them meeting on the streets by pure happenstance it would seem and and uh, kind of uh, one or one or the other then the, the girl in this case holding on to him and not letting him get away for a little while before uh, they they begin to kind of play music together but uh, but even from the synopsis you kind of hear the difference what what's the some of the differences you've heard in the way that the play kind of turns the traditional love story on its head for you yeah, I think there's there's pieces of it that almost feel more authentic to real life experience. And again, you know, I can only speak from my own real life experience, but there's, you know, it doesn't necessarily follow that kind of like 
and they meet and they're happy and there's a bit of conflict and then they spend the rest of their lives happily ever after. There, there's so much um, different things that that are all strung together, positive things like, you know, she has a family and how are, you know, if they could be together, how would her family get incorporated? And what about his girlfriend across the sea that he still has feelings for? Like it, it just talks about all that kind of gray area that I that sometimes typical love stories can kind of just brush past and, you know, move on <laughs> by without even really considering it. So I just love that this play kind of just, you know, uproots that situation and is like, okay, let's let's sit in this for a minute. Just just like real life situations all need to be considered in, you know, real love stories. Right, right, right. And and to have the, the you know, the, the real difference at the end where they don't end up together, that, that their choice is to pursue the other relationships that are a, a part of their lives. Um, all, all while still being very sappily romantic throughout the play. Like it is, <laughs> it is, a, it is a love story to some extent. There's, there's some really beautiful, there's, there's, um, so, so, uh, uh, the girl, as I mentioned, is, is Czech and uh, speaks Czech, and uh, many of her roommates also speak Czech. There's this great scene where they kind of enter in, and the, all of her roommates are, including her, her her mother who lives with her, are learning English based off of a, an Irish soap opera, um, and so uh, they're all speaking in Czech to each other. And uh, there's the the play deals really interestingly with how it. Um, uh, has them speak in that language because you see the subtitles and projections in Czech, but they're speaking English. So you, you can hear what they're saying, but you know, they're speaking Czech. Um, and, and, and in one of the more like kind of, you know, heart touching romantic scenes, uh, the guy asks her if he, if she still loves her husband and she responds in, in Czech, I love you. Um, and so it's, it's full of these like he doesn't speak Czech, so he has to, he has to like ask her what what she said. It's full of these like romantic moments still, but it's like ships in the night sometimes. It feels like yeah, definitely. I think as well. I kind of before reading the script and really like sitting in it because I hadn't seen the play either. Um, I kind of assumed oh it's meant to be vague. It's it, you know maybe they love each other, maybe they don't. And then upon reading it, I'm like oh no 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 it's clear. You know like <laughs> she, she clearly like loves him and and yet like definitely is hesitant. You know she's not. She's definitely kind of keeping him at arm's length, you know, from the very start, just just to protect her heart, but then also simultaneously drawing him in a bit. Like she, I think, is having that internal struggle of I have a husband, he's not here. Like we we hear that he's actually left her. So in some sense, like even her mother, I think, turns to her and is like, This guy seems nice. Why don't you just forget about your husband who doesn't seem to love you the way you need to be loved? Um and just be with this guy. And and she's kind of constantly, you know, walking that tightrope of, do I, you know, pursue this thing further? Or do I hold on to the hope that something could go, could happen with my husband again? And he's just, yeah, I don't, I, I, he's kind of a bit more full on with his yeah. affection. Like as they come, he's like, bam, <laughs> I like you. Right. And bam, you know, <laughs> which is, which is kind of a pleasant contrast, I think, to her character but he's also very responsive to her hesitation he's not you know pushy right right there's there's the one moment that he like kind of tries to come on to her and she rebuffs him and and from that moment on he's like he's he's he, he, the stage directions are something along the lines of like 
you know, what a jerk. He yeah. realizes that he's messed up or something like that. Um, and, and then there, yeah, then, then he manages to kind of, but, but he is, you know, very, a, a lot more, uh, a lot more into her, at least initially than, than she is. And, uh, and he has to kind of deal with some of his kind of puppy dog, um, <laughs> yes. love affair with her. Um, which is really interesting when, when like, uh, Billy, the shop owner comes in because Billy is also kind of in love with her as well. The ultimate puppy dog. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's this, these great scenes where, like, the first time we hear Billy speak, he's he's apologizing for kind of commenting on the girl's beauty the other day. And she's saying, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. We're good. Um, but but then he realizes that the guy is there and he, like, grills him. <laughs> like, what are you doing <laughs> <Yes>. here? <laughs> um, and so there's there's that kind of fun dynamic between them. And, and, and Billy being this, like, shop owner brings a, a shop owner of a music store. He's got piano, he's got drums that they have to use later on in the play. Um, in some ways, his shop represents the the other love story of this play, which is the love story towards music. Like this, this play is, is very much a, a, a kind of a, a love letter to music as well and the power that music has uh, over people to bring people together to um, to, to, yeah, just, just to overcome differences in people as well. And some, some of that comes to light in, in Billy's character, who kind of is this gruff person who really wants to serve music as best he can. Yeah. I, I definitely think the, the strength and power of these songs in particular, music in general, but, but these songs in particular, I think mean so much to the play and they are like the driving force for, you know, how the guy and the girl's relationship, like she, she meets him because he's singing and she hears it and is drawn to it. And, you know, so many events in the play are driven forward by people being overcome by how incredible these songs are and unique and deep and beautiful. And I, I noticed this, that Enda Walsh actually says that um, he was maybe a bit skeptical about working on this play. And then um, it's a, he says, whatever skepticism I had coming into these two days pretty much evaporated when I heard that music. And we began to mm. discuss how we might stage this piece. And I just thought, oh, that's so interesting that even the writer of this play was overcome by the beauty and power of the music enough to create this. And I, I just think that's so important to how the plot moves along are, are these specific songs. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the music is unlike any other musical. I, I, I maybe come from away gets close to this, but, but not even these songs are, are, are both like folk love ballads and yet deeply character centric somehow um and 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 those of you who have watched the movie kind of know that the movie is not really a musical it's instead a movie with music in it um the the characters certainly are are informed by the the music in it and and move really interesting and artistically but i think in the play it's even more pronounced um like beats happen because songs are played and and characters move from one state to another as a result of the songs being played. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, specifically, uh, what's what's the name of it? I'm I'm gonna find it here. It's something about a hill that oh, uh, yeah. the girl sings. Maybe I it's think just it is the, the hill. hill. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's it's an yeah. It is. It's the hill. And and this song is 
you know, it's it's like a monologue where a character starts wondering something, um, uh, whether they should do a thing or not. And for the girl, it's it's whether or not she's going to tell the guy she wants to be with the guy or or not, or kind of honor what she knows is her husband coming back to town and trying to make that work for the sake of her daughter and for the sake of their relationship. But this song is not like it's not a it's it's not direct at that, and yet that emotion is tied into the song itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I I find it so interesting that almost all, well, not all, but most of these songs have this kind of um, ability to dip in and out of the the character's past experiences and their present experiences. Like, um, you know, the guy has written the majority of these songs, all, all of these songs, I believe, about his ex-girlfriend. But even as he says, he has begun to sing them with meaning for... Um, the girl. And, you know, they kind of exist in this space of past and present. And even, you know, that song, The Hill, seems seems to be, you know, holding so much pain from her marriage that was such a struggle and and at, up to this point is non-existent. He's, he's gone. Um, and yet she's singing about this, this man that's right in front of her and can't see her. Oh, it's such a beautiful song. There, there's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, cause, cause he, there's this line, let me see if I can find it where she's saying, um, he's so caught up in, yes, with all his troubles on his mind, he's looking right through me. And, and the line before mm. that is, but he doesn't seem to see me. And, you know, through the whole play, he, he you know, he does see her, but he is kind of, you know, swept up in everything. And she, I think she feels a bit like I, I am going through this internal struggle that he, that he can't really see. Um, ah, it's yeah. so good. It's so painful. <laughs> it is. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the way that those lines come across, it's a beautiful, like the song itself could just be its own folk ballad and, and be very, very worthwhile, worth your time to listen. But especially when you know these characters and watch how they've tied the plot into these songs, it's just incredible. I mean, go see the play. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do it. But, but a, yeah, but but again, uh, you 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 mentioned how um, the the music or the songs themselves of the that the guy have written kind of prompt people to motion. Um, a lot of moments in the play, you know, the, the beginning moment of the play where uh, the girl decides to go up and talk to him as a result of hearing him singing. The moment we just talked about with the hill is another moment where the music kind of moves characters into places. But even the kind of main plot point of them getting enough money to uh, rent the studio comes about because like the bank manager is saying, no, sorry, I can't give you the money. Like, even though uh, the girl has given this like great pitch about Fantastic him being supporter pitch. of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Irish culture, you got to support music and, you know, who knows who the next Van Morrison might be sort of thing. Yes. Um, Re represent uh, <laughs> Ireland to the world. This is your job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He still says, "Sorry, I can't do it." And it's, but it's the song. It's, it's the guy singing "Say It to Me Now" that that kind of switches the bank manager's position into being like, "Oh, you, you actually can sing. These songs are amazing." Um, and and it's 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 really, it's really fun to kind of hear the, the the rawness of those songs and how the actors are are portraying the rawness of the emotional material of the songs as well. Yeah, that's that's something that is so um, 
it's it's throughout a lot of um, Glenn Henchard's music. It is that kind of raw feeling, and and it's interesting as well because it's it's so present in in the guys' songs, but also the girls' songs, and yet the girls' songs sound so different. Like her songs have this kind of um, lovely lilt to them that. I mean, I don't, I don't know Czech music personally, but it sounds very Eastern European the way some of her melodies go. And then, you know, his are kind of, he'll, he'll go to this like screamy place. But I, I just, I'm amazed how, you know, their characters are sort of coming through the songs themselves while both expressing that raw emotion. Yeah. 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 And, and then, and then also how the songs express the, 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 the unified ground that they're standing on between those two things, right? Like whenever they, they, they sing their, their solos and you kind of hear those two distinct difference, but differences, but then whenever they uh, sing a duet, it's, it's, they just kind of blend together into this, this beautiful, uh, beautiful duet, a beautiful uh, kind of um, not quite symphony. I can't quite think of the word that I want, but you know, we'll say a symphony for now. The symphony of two different yeah. perspectives and people coming together. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I'm just thinking as well because there's sort of this theme of like stoppedness. Um, that's a word that uh, I think Enda Walsh used at the very beginning. I'm not sure if that word comes up in the play. Oh, yes, it does because she tells him yeah. that you're stopped. You know, he, he seems a bit stopped. And that that word, you know, even her mom says it about her. You know, aren't, aren't you a little stopped too to the girl? And but it's almost as if, you know, what you're saying, that that symphony, that harmony in, in the songs is the moments where they're so not stopped. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. when the guy is able to play his music, you know, it's it's something else happens. You know, it's almost like the songs are moving their own hearts and souls forward from those stopped places. Um, yeah, that that's I mean, it, it's amazing that the power of those songs seems to touch on so many different yeah areas. Yeah, I'm 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 super glad you brought up the stopped thing because I think that's one of the like kind of secret hidden gems in this play is that there's there's only one or two lines around it and I think you you sum them up pretty well. The the girl kind of uh, says to her mother, uh, he seems kind of stopped, like his life is stopped, and her mother says back to her, "Well, you're kind of stopped too, aren't you?" Um, <laughs> and and that's true of many many of the char- the characters in this play and through the music it begins to kind of massage that, that stoppedness and kind of help them move forward. The, you know, like Billy, the, uh, the, the piano store owner, um, he's, he's kind of stuck in this role that he has as a, as a, a shop owner or, and, and kind of welcoming all these people in to buy music, but never playing music on his own. And, and, and he kind of gets from the, from the being a part of the band, um, he not only overcomes some of his prejudices against like the <laughs> bank manager, um, but he also gets to hear from people. I think it's even the bank manager who says it, if I remember correctly, that he is valued, that his his work is important in kind of continuing music in in the whole city of Dublin. Yeah, that's right. That's that's so true. And I'm even thinking of the guy's dad. Um, like he kind of starts yeah. off, you know, 
his wife has passed away a year ago. His son is living with him to help him, which is beautiful, but he's kind of stopped as well. And through this, you know, journey of this girl randomly coming into their lives and the guy kind of learning and growing in his own way, he he like meets the girl's mom and ends up, I think they're going to go to a dance together at the end of the play. Like he's sort of got this new relationship as well. So he, his life almost is unstopped. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing how that trickles down to so many of the other characters involved as well. Yeah, the the, the way that that uh, that coming together around this project uh, helps move people out of their stuckedness or their stoppedness um, is is, uh, is is yeah, it's 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 one of the biggest. Uh, kind of later themes of the play that the one scene where neither the guy nor the girl are in is the rest of the members of the band all uh, all talking to each other about how they're going to move forward after recording this album because they they kind of get the sense that this was a really special album. Uh, uh, Eamon, the the recording studio person, steps out after the first song is like that was really good, everyone, uh, <laughs> and and kind of tells and and everyone gets the sense that they're working on something really cool together. And uh, and each of them kind of then as they their kind of final scene uh, that they have lines is with each other and they each kind of describe Andraj has been trying to uh, I think it's Andraj it's either Andraj or Svek they they've been trying to get uh, a manager position at a restaurant in town and they didn't get it so they're gonna try something else now and and playing this music has helped move them out of this realm that they couldn't couldn't figure out how to move forward without. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna hard pivot here real quick and and talk a, talk just a little bit about I wanna I wanna uh, talk about the set itself um, and some of the the staging of the play uh, the the play moves pretty fluidly between spaces um, with with uh, the help of kind of lighting zones uh, a couple I mean in the, in the stage directions it's pretty direct sometimes it calls for so and so being in the light and another person in the light and it, it uh, uh, requires quite a bit of uh, technical support and also it requires the support of the stage and the stage is often um, kind of a uh, meant to evoke a a pub form uh, form uh, with like kind of mirrors on the back wall. There's sometimes a bar and some glasses in there. Uh, but uh, even more importantly than that, the ensemble is on stage the whole play. So the music uh, that's coming uh, throughout the play, these kind of big raucous numbers or supportive numbers uh, to to the action is from the ensemble on stage. Um, I, I'm curious what you what what you uh, what sort of uh, things you think that evokes to kind of support uh, the the script with that really kind of different, very imaginative, fluid uh, format for the, for the play? Yeah, well, and I love that even at the very start, they open the whole play with a session, which is like something yeah. that happens every Friday night at the corner house. Again, you know, not in COVID times, but um, like everybody <laughs> gets together, everybody brings their instruments and it's this lovely, joyous, you know, occasional chaos. But most of the time, it's just people singing and playing together and really enjoying music together. And I just love that they started off with that. And I think that idea of you know, this place that an ensemble can weave in and out of and, you know, enjoy throughout the play and you as an audience, like, get to see that throughout the play. It, it feels so, so like a session almost. Um, and two, like, there's there's a whole lot in this play about 
Dublin specifically almost as a character. Like there's a few lines mm. where um, like different people say about Dublin, um, Dublin's really lovely. And then Andrej, I'm saying that wrong, um, replies a million times heartbroken and Dublin keeps on going. You've got to love Dublin for dreaming. And I think, you know, mm. even the song, there's a song, The North Strand, when they go up to the guy's area of Dublin, they have a whole song to kind of set that set that tone. And I, I think, yeah, the stage has so much to do with giving you that feeling of this kind of collaborative, you know, a bit brokenhearted place that that this is all happening in. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love what you said too, about the session kind of informing that this, this touchstone place, uh, that you get to come to and, and kind of play music together and, uh, you know, let loose just a little bit and, uh, so, somehow it all winds up being okay. Cause you play music. The, the, the version of the play that I saw, they welcomed, uh, audience members up during the intermission to this session. And I think that's oh, wow. a fairly normal, yeah, it's a fairly normal thing for this play. They, 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 they like have a full like three or four songs set between the action of the play and the intermission that, you know, you get to go up and stand next to the musicians as they play the song. And if you're, you know, if you're close enough, they might try to get you to play with them. So there's this really like, uh, yeah, this like kind of community together feel about it that then flows into the action of the play so the those people don't leave they sit in you know on bar stools and on 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 you know their their box drums uh throughout throughout the action of the play and kind of flow in and out the the characters themselves are part of the ensemble and um and and yeah that that kind of creative uh energy then moves into the whole play itself and it, and informs it all um and, and I love what you said too about the city. It's, I mean, amongst the, amongst the many love stories that we're finding out are are in this play. That it's also <laughs> a love story to a city. That's awesome. Yeah, I, 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 this memory came back to me as well of the first time I ever went to Dublin. It was like late at night. I went with a few friends and we got out of the car and I didn't hear English for like the first ten minutes on the street, and I was hmm. like what? You know, you think of Dublin and you've got this stereo. I had this stereotype in my head of what I thought Dublin would be. And yet there are so many different, you know, cultures making a life there. And, you know, this play is about immigrants as well. And there is something, you know, what you're saying about the session, how they sort of invite anybody up, you know, that happens in real sessions. You, if you see someone walk in who's a stranger, you will probably be asked if you can sing, you know, it's like, hey, Hey, yeah. you in the corner, do you want to come? You know, do you want to join in? And I, I think there's something really true. And again, I, I've never lived in Dublin, so I'm not sure. But like, I think that's true <laughs> of Dublin. I think there is this kind of, do you want to join in? Like, come on in. We'll, we'll you know, we'll make room for you. Um, and we'll figure it out as we go along. And it's messy. You know, it's not always perfect. But I, I, I think that, you know, again, that session almost encapsulates that that heartbeat of Dublin, which is, you know, ever, ever shifting and changing. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought up, too, that this is this is such an immigrant story um, that that into into these this very musical situation that uh, the girl is 
you know, stepping into, she's she's also carrying with her the story of where she's from and her family and trying to make it in this city, uh, this this city that she she winds up saying that she likes a lot. Um, there's some really good things about it, but it is hard to to live in there. So into this, you know, all the complication between these two, this this love story that's going on is thrown uh, as well uh, her and her family and how she's going to survive in this new country that she is trying to call home. Yeah. And I, I think there's something that's kind of, you know, it's it, at first it can seem frustrating that, you know, oh, I, I don't necessarily think of this as an immigrant story. That's that's frustrating. I should recognize that. But I also think there's something really beautiful about that because hmm. it's not as though, you know, she comes in and she is labeled as, oh, this is the immigrant in the story. And her whole family isn't labeled that way. It's it's that's not, you know, this this overarching, you know, slap in the face message you receive. It's it's just that that's what she is. And it's so fascinating because, you know, you watch her. She's a fantastic pianist. She plays this beautiful piece to start off, you know, her first scene on the piano. And she's somehow able to hear this song and just pick it up. And I, I think she she does have the sheet music in front of her, but she's able to sing these gorgeous harmonies right off the bat. Like she is a, an incredible musician and her father was a musician. And like she she's desperate to be herself, I think, in this city and play her music. And it's almost like, you know, she she has this wonderful chance in this guy who she's encouraging and sees him struggling like, oh, let me help you out of your stuck place. Like she gets helped out of her stuck place, too. And, and then, yeah, the beauty of that end scene where he gives her a piano, which she could never afford. It's it's something so beautiful of the message of what he's given her or what she's given him, that gift of him feeling like he can move forward and be unstopped. He's trying to give back to her in that that gift of a piano. Yeah. Yeah. No, that the kind of reciprocal circle of two people both trying to help each other and kind of messing up quite a bit. Um, uh, trying to come together and trying to help in whatever way they can. That both of them, as we said before, are these you know kind of stopped and 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 hurting people, and yet in in for for this like very small moment again like five days they were able to see each other and be a part of each other's story. And and you know we I I want to know more of the story, right? Like I want to kind of kind of hear the sequel and and hear how everything worked cuz you're not really sure it's going to wind up okay for both of them. They're both going into kind of fraught moments, but it's out of this um this crucible of of five days where they were able to kind of see each other and know each other. We only get a moment of their lives. But uh, but that moment was really impactful to them. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's something so beautiful about um, the moment that they experienced together. As you said, that that word just uh, rang true for me throughout the play. And there's even this uh, spot where the guy, um, they're, they're sort of having their moment after the song The Hill. And they're like, you know the girl's saying she she likes him and that's great but they can't do anything about it and her husband's coming back um and she says uh you cannot walk through your life leaving unfinished love behind you you have all this heart in these songs and it is because of this girl in new york it is for you and your love that we made this tape and he says but what about this oh but what about us and this moment isn't this unfinished and like they're 
their whole meeting. It's in five days. And it's this incredible, unusual moment that is is powerful enough to snap them out of their own worlds and to draw them together, which I think is so true of love. I mean, it really, it can happen in a moment that, you know, the first time you meet, you know, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, like there's usually just this one moment where it, something changed. And it's like, it's it it sets you off on this path. And for them, I think, yeah, there's there's something so beautiful about that. Um, yeah, and I think from a from a music standpoint as well, um, I just feel like music encapsulates that feeling of a moment. And the way music is used in this play um encapsulates that so well. It's like these these precious moments that you experience when someone's, you know, playing music and you're listening or vice versa, you're experiencing that moment together and it can take you places. Mm. It can it can transform your lives through one moment. It's just it's just powerful. Yeah, I think I think that uh, addresses some of what we were saying earlier around why why the music feels different. It's because these are these are standalone songs. These are these are singer songwriter songs um, that that uh, kind of connect us to those moments when we're you know we I, I mean it feels maybe a little bit of a generalization to say we all listen to music, but I think we all do. <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you know we we <laughs> we all listen to music in some way, and and music informs our lives, and these are not you know character um, arias or something like that or exposition songs. These are songs that somehow magically work their way into being uh, ca- character movement, but they are just they. They're they're great, you know, singles that you could you could see on an album together. They are on an album together, um, and they stand alone as songs all on their own. And so they they spark in you that that familiar human emotion of looking at your life through song and trying to process your life through song. And that's that's I mean, because the character actually writes the songs. Of course, um, that's that's part of it. But an interesting extra note is that for many of the songs, the girl writes the lyrics. The guy kind of gives her some music tracks, and she writes the lyrics to some of these songs. So you get you get both of these characters working through their life in songs and evoking in us those moments when we've sat down with a track or that that we really like, or or maybe some of us have produced a track that we really like that um, says speaks into the moment that we're living. Yeah, I think I think that's something as well. Why why this play resonates so much with me is, you know, as a singer songwriter, like watching their journey as musicians as songwriters is is so um I can empathize with the you know him his struggle, you know, him being stopped, him wanting to throw the guitar down sometimes and be like I'm done. Yeah. Nobody's listening. I'm out of here, you know, like cuz that's that's a big, you know, it's funny cuz he's not just giving up on music because of the pain of his ex-girlfriend. That's a big part of it. But he also says repeatedly, you know, nobody wants to hear these songs anyway. You know, there's no point to this. Why am I still playing this and I I think that's something that every musician can can resonate with um, and yet it also paints so beautifully 
the moments when you are uplifted by what you've written or, you know, what you've shared with another person or what you've heard from another musician. It's it's just such a true kind of painting of that singer-songwriter life. And I did um, hear Glenn Henshard say in an interview that a lot of this um, story is based off of his own personal life, which I found fascinating that, you know, his first album was released in a way not unlike they they describe in this play. And I think that that says a lot mm. of why it rings so true to, you know, a struggling singer-songwriter in Belfast. Just I'm like, I feel you, you know, I get this. This is hard yeah. sometimes. But, <laughs> but it, you know, music is so beautiful that it's worth it every single time. Um, but I just, I love as well that, that she is somehow able to kind of give him the encouragement that he needs in his darkest spot. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 you know, it, just the one voice that he needs to kind of, you know, even even the, the the there's a great line at the beginning of the the play. She says, "I just saved you." Oh, and I just saved your guitar. Yes, that's um, right. <laughs> so, so you know, he was gonna walk away and leave his guitar on you know a Dublin street. It surely would not have been there after a certain amount of time. <laughs> um, There'd be and, a very uh, happy busker somewhere going, "Oh, look, another guitar." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. But uh, but yeah, she literally comes in and saves certainly his his uh, music. Um, but probably him as well. Uh, and and uh, and to whatever degree she saves him, he tries to pay back that saving in in some way. I think she she probably has a a, a very substantial role in his saving. but he he, I, I like what you said about how the the piano is kind of a reciprocation in a way of of a re, as a result of that seeing of each other because you, the, the she sees him, sees him in the moment that he needs. He also tries to kind of give back that with the piano at the end of the play. Absolutely. And I, I think that's something that, you know, oh, oh, I just realized something. So because she, you know, in her song, The Hill, she is saying he doesn't see me. And I think, you know, her husband didn't see her either. Like, there's kind mm. of a theme of people n not taking her for granted, not recognizing her for her worth. And yet, you know, in this journey, she's able to kind of be herself, express her music. But, you know, the story is driven by his music. You know, the studio, they don't really, there's not a moment where they turn to her and they're like, wow, well done writing this song. You know, she's kind of in the background right. the whole time. And then he gives her this piano. And I think that gift signifies that ultimate, like, I see you. You are worthy of this investment that is expensive and precious and exactly what you need to keep going, to keep progressing in your dreams. Like, that's, I think, that that seeing that he does. I mean, ultimately, his gift is just telling her, I see you and I value you, which is what she needs. Hmm. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just came nice. to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well we're, we're we're running down towards the end of our time here we got to wrap up soon this has been this, this play is so beautiful it's so rich so full of these themes we've been talking about it's also such a funny play um it's yes. always hard to like you know ping pong off of, but there's like you know great scenes between the bank manager the bank manager sings this song to them and it's <laughs> it's 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 not a great song uh, yes. but he <laughs> <laughs> but he can play his guitar and 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 she she like straight up tells him don't sing don't sing anymore. just don't do it <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, another like other other great kind of funny scenes between like Billy, uh, uh, the girl's mom tells this like long story. <laughs> it's, how, how does it all go again? It's like this great. Oh, it, it's so good because he's they're going to the bank manager and he's getting nervous. He's like, oh, I've got to like you know tell this guy to give me money for this album. I'm so nervous. <laughs> and uh, her mother pulls him aside and she says to the guy, you know, this story of this man who like lived in an office and he was unhappy and then he got this dream and he pursued this dream and he woke up the next morning and went to pursue it and suddenly he was taken over by terror and thought of all the bad things that could go wrong and like went back into his bedroom and never got out of his bed again and like died there (laughs) and his life serves as a lesson and like she tells this very likely story and then the guy who obviously doesn't speak Czech turns to the girl and he's like what did she say and the girl goes good luck <laughs> it's like totally just no nah, i'm not gonna explain that to you that's that's right. fine <laughs> that's, that's fine she says good luck yeah <laughs> but yeah the, the play is just filled with like moments like that as well as just incredible music as we've been talking about there's so much more we could say fortunately the conversation doesn't have to end at the end of the podcast we'd love to keep talking with all of you all out there in podcast land uh you can find uh us on facebook instagram or twitter at the username at no script podcast we also have a gmail no script podcast at gmail.com we'd love to keep talking about this play with you find us on any of those sites keep talking to us about once and and just the awesome play that it is maria thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this play thank you so much for having me it was an absolute pleasure yeah, yeah. So, so as as you mentioned at the top of the show, you're a singer songwriter. You you produce music. Where can people go to find you and uh, your your creative work out there in the world? Yeah, thank you. So you can actually find me. Um, my music name is actually my maiden name, so it's Maria Nikolai, which you will know from seeing Jackson's name, Nikolai. Um, <laughs> lots of people don't know how to spell it, and that's fine. But, um, right, but you can right. find me online, uh, MariaNikolai.com. And my Instagram page and Facebook, all all those sorts of things. And my album is actually on Spotify, my first album. Um, so if you want to listen to it there, you sure can. Um, yeah, it's called Through the Ashes, and I'm hoping to make another album coming up here soon. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great album. Lots of fun. Jack actually played on, yeah, you played the drums for that. So we, we got to collaborate on that as well, which was fantastic. Yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's a great album. Go check it out on Spotify. Find her online. Find her in all those places. And if uh, you want to tell someone about this podcast or about Maria's music, we'd love to have you share out uh, this this show. Um, we're uh, hosted on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. We, of course, are hosted on Podbean as well, which is the main place that we're that the show is hosted at. You can also find the podcast we post on Facebook every week when the show comes out. So share this uh, show around with folks. This is a great one for people to come in on if they've seen the movie or whatever. So if you're looking to share the 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 great times that we have here in the No Script community, it's a great show to do it. So you can find us on all of those sites. Thanks once again, Maria, for jumping in on this uh, this show. Thank you very much. 
Next week, y'all, we're coming at you with our last play of the season. Uh, so don't worry, we're, we're coming back with season six. Wow, we're on season six of this show. <laughs> uh, we'll be coming back after the holiday season. We're going to take a little bit of rest and recuperation and be back again. So get excited for this uh, next last show of the season. Jacob will be back next week. But until then, I am Jackson Nikolai. Thank you for listening to No Script, the podcast. 